In this episode of the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, yes, my first leadership session start off with a colossal thud, but I learned some things in the process. Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal, uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Bless His Heart. The name, Ken Williams. All right, welcome back to the podcast. You know, it's a rare occasion when I don't jump right into the content, but it's important to set a little bit of context. So if you listen to last week's episode, The Discipline of Vision, you went on a journey with me on a day from hell, which left me asking, why am I bothering to engage in leadership workshops? Well, this day was made up of two different entries. Today's passage comes from that same day, just hours later, but I'm treating it like two different episodes. So this is my reflection after my first leadership workshop on the same afternoon as that day from hell when I'm questioning why am I doing leadership workshops? So here we go. Well, I'm in a reflective mood right now. It's 6.20 p.m. I just facilitated my first session and mentally I'm drained. Though it was unnerving to start with all the silence, it turned into a nice forum for questions, answers, and discussions. It took a few minutes to get the awkwardness out of the way of being new, of this being new. But after a few minutes, some great questions were asked and man, I enjoyed answering them. There were some great reflections and thoughts on what topics they'd like to see covered in future sessions. And after the start of this day, I'm really glad that we had the leadership session after all. It served as food for the heart, food for the soul, and food for my head. I really felt good about where I can take this. you're thinking about starting a podcast, there is no better time than now. So I look back on this day and I I feel a sense of pride. I just submitted a book to be reviewed by some peers and then it'll go to editing and then it's going to be published in the summer of 2021. And one of the principles in the book is around consistency and the way I just define that is momentum over mood rings right momentum over mood rings and that's what I've named this episode because my mood ring whatever the funky color is whatever the color is that makes you feel like busting somebody upside the damn head but whatever mood ring color makes you want to hit a button and have the floor fall out from under certain folk you don't want them hurt you can fall on a mattress but you got to get the hell out of here whatever that button is whatever that color of your ring is my ring was three shades of that color that day i was in a bad funky ass mood i didn't want to see people i didn't and you know my ego was involved because I didn't think anybody deserved 
my investment in trying to make this leadership workshop work. Not after a day like that, you know? But right after school, I put my ego aside, became outcomes focused, and we got into leadership. Last week's episode was entitled The Discipline of Vision, and I'm glad I had the discipline to stick with my vision for creating leadership at this school, because that is a challenge. So I'm going to get to that first. One of the things that, one of the reasons I feel proud that I continued and persisted through and did the leadership workshop is because my experience working with schools like that school, leading schools like that school, being a part of schools like that school is that there's very little vision going on most of the time. I mean, there are exceptions. You know, I, I think about uh, the principal Anissa Baker Busby down in Warner Robins at her school, and the, and the name of the school escapes me at this moment. But they were that school at one time, and but from day one, you know, she helped facilitate a a shared vision that was and is ambitious, audacious, and serves as a mental anchor, a spiritual anchor when they're catching hell. But she's she's too rare, and, that, and it bothers me that she's too rare. It bothers me that, you know, her name pops it in my head. I, I There should be so many names that pop into my head, I can't keep them straight, but there aren't. And districts aren't much better. They usually treat those schools like that school with a very heavy authoritarian, top-down approach. And so you, you get you get tons of compliance, tons of oversight, tons of snoopervision, and it's and it chokes out opportunities for teachers and leaders and staff to be involved and to have some input on how things are going and engage in changing the narrative. It's 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 really rare. So I'm really proud that I went through with the leadership workshop because this was an example of not me talking at them the whole time. I wanted their input. I wanted to grow them and develop them. And you don't find out, you don't find that at schools that wake up and, you know, they're the lowest performing school in the district with no close second. So I'm proud of that. I also think that contributed to some of why it was so quiet. Because, you know, my my teaser from last week was that my leadership session started off with, an, with a rousing thud. And they did. I think it's a combination of things. One, I mean, I'm not new there anymore. I mean, I'm relatively new, but I'm in there six, seven months now. Two, this was a new forum. And while they're trying to feel out and feel it out and trying to figure out what it's all about, and a part of me is also, I'm not a fool, right? 21 people signed up, but I know, I know, you know, a couple of them probably, you know, in their brown nosing maybe just, um, you know, I don't think every single person had, you know, leadership aspirations or wanted to expand their capacity. I think most of them did, of course. And I'm sure they wanted the same thing about me. I'm sure a couple of them were there, you know, you know, maybe they thought it was a you know, way to score some points. I can't say that I would have thought that way early in my career when you're trying to figure out, you know, how things go and how the culture works. I also believe that because, you know, they were at that school with tons of oversight and tons of top-down, quote-unquote, leadership, it it does away with your input. You know, part of the attitude is it's it's an unspoken, unspoken messaging that you get when you're at that school is this. 
um, uh, we've been trying it your way with your input and uh, your ideas and look where we are today. So I'm going to ask you to sit down, shut up, take notes and just do what the hell I say. That is exactly the attitude and approach I hear and see all the time. So I think a part of the silence at the beginning of the session was due to the fact that, you know, we've kind of beaten it out of them. And then you add the programs because listen, we weren't short of resources. We had too many damn resources. When you're that school in a district that got two or $3, I mean, they're throwing everything at you. And I believe it so that at the end of the year, when you're still a complete shit show, they can say, well, I mean, you and we, we did the open court and we did the this program. We did the PBIS. We did the POC. You know, you can point to eight different programs that you funded. But if <laughs> teachers know this and principals know this, you get you got initiative fatigue, man. Shit, I've consulted with schools that I walk in. They got five awesome programs going on. They'll sit down with the teachers. They're like, uh, what's are you the PBIS guy? Are you the behavior guy? Are you the social emotional guy? Or the PLC guy? Like the, that glazed over look, that eyes kind of rolling around in their heads. Like you, you're trying five things but doing none of them well. And that's a situation we were in as well. So I think that also contributed to why folks weren't speaking up. But again, as I talked about when I did the reading, it warmed up. They opened up and it turned out to be cathartic and healing for me for me and so getting your teachers who've been you know neutered and you know suppressed in terms of leveraging their collective expertise their innovation their creativity it's a muscle that you got to build and you got to commit to it and you you can't always be hoping for the answers you want you know, in times where I needed the answer to be what I knew it needed to be, I either need to, you know, make a, a strong enough case for it or I just need to, to, to tell them. But you've got to open up opportunities and there are tons of opportunities when you do great mission work and vision work for staff to input. And it doesn't always have to be your way. It just needs to be a way that's aligned with the shared why. Because people own what they get to help design. People own what they help to get designed. If all you're doing is shoving programs down the throats of your schools and your teachers, and then you expect them to stand by the data and, you know, throw themselves into it and treat it like life or death, you know, you are you are deluded. You are deluded. So I'm glad I pushed through. I'm also glad I broke this up into two different episodes because there was definitely two different episodes in that in that one day. But leaders, I don't care what condition your school is, leadership is leadership. Like the, the powerful principles of leadership don't change from a high-performing school to a school that's got plateau performance to the school that is struggling to keep their heads above water. Now, you may be leveraging parts of good leadership in some situations more than others. I mean, my first year and a half, I mean, I had to do a whole lot more of adult redirection and really constructive feedback but constructive feedback exists at high-performing schools along with shared leadership, you know, gathering teacher input, helping teachers understand that they design the learning. That doesn't change at a school that is poor performing. And that is way too often the problem. We think this heavy-handed 
you know, big brother approach is going to do it. And it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it, it further keeps schools trapped in the abyss. It further creates disdain with teachers. And, you know, you're promoting this myth that, you know, that every principal is going to be like Joe Clark walking through the damn building with baseball bats and shit and just knocking people out. That's not how leadership works. You got to grow shared leadership at that school. You got to grow your guiding coalition at that school. You've got to grow leaders at that school. You just have to do it while you're catching hell. But that that's part of visioning. And so years later, I'm proud of myself for pushing through and doing that leadership session at night. I'm proud of myself for not allowing the events. I was going to say not even earlier that day, all damn day, all damn day to spill over into the leadership session. That is an example of momentum over mood rings. And again, a little teaser there. I'm writing a book. I'm very excited. Sent it out to my beta readers last night, baby. The, the, the date, the intended date is August 24th. So look out for it. The working title is No Passive Path to Equity. Teaching with the Ruthless Mindset. The next episode of the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast. I can't lie to you. There are those times where I look ahead at the next entry and damn, I just want to do it right now. I just want to do it right now. I don't even have a name for it. I just, I'm telling you, a staff member stepped to me. I'm not afraid to tell you sometimes my ego got in the way sometimes. And sometimes I think it was a good thing. So, ooh, goodness, this one had me laughing out loud. Walked into my office with email in hand, ready to call a brother out. Oh, my goodness. All my bald head hair stood up on the back of my neck. And I don't have any hairs on the back of my neck, so that should tell you something about next week's episode. Be here, baby. Be here for that buttery baritone. We about to bring it. Start with the crown. As always, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to tune in for the next episode. Please share with a neighbor, friend, or colleague so they too can get a dose of this buttery baritone as I go through my leadership journey, explain how I screwed things up and sometimes got a thing or two right. But in the end, here's the message I want to leave you with. No matter what's going on in your personal life or professional life, when you wake up on the right side of dirt, you playing with house money, baby. You playing with house money. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.